Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by Rosie Roche of the Nudes Room podcast. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I think Moody has a 10 for 10 in the last like 10 episodes of being in the guest slot. Oh, yes. No, she. this is her spot. She deserves to be here. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, um, you did, like, it was a first with you where you came in <laughs> and you immediately were, you were like, can I pick up this cat? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like, please, yeah, please like the pick up the cat. thing I said. <laughs> My cat is your cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and like, you were saying, too, the, like, I very much resonate with the kind of person that comes into someone else's house and goes cat first. Yes. <laughs> like... I, because I'm definitely that person where I'm like, I don't want, I don't, like, I, like, people are great as a concept, but, like, I'm going to meet the cat. Right. If you can't find me at a house party, I'm sitting on the kitchen floor with their pet. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's house it is. Yeah. (laughs) Does she seem like that's, that she's been there before? Uh, Oh, like, like, my lap is familiar to her? Yeah. Yes. Cool. (laughs) It, It is... You like you know the the pictures of like monks' feet on steps, like yeah. with the it has been worn away. This is a lap that has been worn into the shape of a cat, so she belongs here. It's fine. Yeah. Cool, cool. That's a that's a good image. That's a good yeah. comparison. Yeah, my lap is like a monk's step. Yeah, <laughs> worn in into the shape. Of a feline. <laughs> uh, I also so, get to be like a Bond villain. Sorry, I just no. interrupted you. No. <laughs> well, and you're petting her kind of like a Bond villain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so we're super excited to have you on. You are our um, second burlesque performer in as many weeks. Yeah, because I heard the first one and I was like, I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I mean, awesome. Um, so you... Run, you produce the Newsroom podcast. Yes. And you are, which is a podcast that talks to exclusively burlesque dancers? For so far, yeah. It's cool. a really new podcast. Um, I've been putting it up sporadically at, about by to try weekly. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, as you obviously know, it's hard to get the time to pr- produce a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so bi-weekly as in every other week or yeah. twice a week? Gotcha. Yeah, every other week-ish is my goal. But then uh, also everyone else who I want to interview is also an artist and also busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, uh, sometimes I have to reach out instead of waiting for submissions. But Yeah. Yeah. The way that we, we've just gotten to the point where we're like, tell us when you're free, we'll make it work. Yeah. And really the only reason that's possible for me is because I work as a freelance right now. Mm-hmm. And I work at a cafe where I have set very strict, like, this is when I can work and this is when I cannot work. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why when I reach out, I say, I can do Mondays before one, Tuesdays and Thursdays after three, and Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Because I have permanently requested off those times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good if you can do that. Um, I tried to do that when I was doing hourly jobs but right now i have a a nine to six uh that's intense it's 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 nine to six because it's an hour unpaid lunch break so like it's technically still 40 hours a week but it ends up being you know a 45 hour a week commitment so it's kind of a big chunk of time that i'm still adjusting to yeah still adjusting to it a little bit yeah what are you doing i'm working for a mortgage company cool um and having an existential crisis about 45 hours of my week not being art but (laughs) so that happened to me i was working um i was in the customer service department of a coffee and tea distributor which like i'm a barista you would like and i have a logical step yeah it makes sense like oh i like coffee but don't like waking up at 4 30 in the morning oh god I worked at Panera. I feel that. Oh, man. So, (laughs) I have a friend who worked at Panera, and her, during training, she had to learn about mother bread. Yes. Is that still a thing? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No. what? Mother bread is the logo of, like, the woman with the bread under her arm, and she embodies all of Panera's philosophies. 
what are they? <laughs> I, I've blocked that part of my brain. I'm going to be doing some weird research later. Well, because I immediately thought of, so this is a total other jump into a different direction. Um, in Left Book, which is what people that consider the, like that are considered themselves leftists and find themselves in the like leftist dank meme stash or like DSA <laughs> uh, let's talk about socialism weird corner of the there are constantly people being like if you just like the joke is read the bread book which I haven't read the book yet I'm, I need to but like it's apparently the like how to talk somebody into socialism book because it's about oh, gosh. because it's about like all of human history really comes down to food and sure. like food resources and and like how where you can get bread from, and like that has yeah. So I'm anyway. That's what made me think of right that. I don't know where I was gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually shocking to me that you've never told me that before. Yeah. Did you know that? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think I haven't read the book yet, and so I'm self conscious about the idea of mentioning a book I haven't read. Oh sure. And yet I'm here a we are. Because you're a Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So, tell us about the newsroom, conceptually. Yes. Um, uh, so, I actually based the the structure of the show off of an NPR show. Cool. Uh, which, <laughs> technically, I made my radio debut on when I was 15. Cool. The, it's called Art Hounds, uh, and you should listen to it if you are interested in art. It's not local to here it's uh i think just a saint paul minneapolis show um but their uh their mo is that they um you you when you're a guest on the show you come in and you talk about another piece of art you've seen so you're an artist talking about a piece of art that you've seen but you're not allowed to promote yourself and you can't have been involved in the piece of art that you're talking about um, so usually it's probably going to be another genre because art right. is often so incestuous and everyone's got their fingers in like 80 different pots. Right. Um, so as a young theater dancer person, I went into Art Hounds and talked about a slam poetry show that I saw. Um, so I took that concept and uh, narrowed it way down instead of it being all art and I'm trying to have it just be... Uh, burlesque people, so performers and producers and uh, choreographers, teachers, um, coming on and talking about a burlesque show that they saw or a particular performer they were inspired by or a product. Yeah, um, that's tricky. That's the kind of... It's very specific. That's why yeah. it's so freaking hard. <laughs> no, that's really enlightening to... Because um, that's the... Our go-to pitch is like, fucking come on and talk about whatever you want. Talk about your breakfast for all... Like, <laughs> it ends up not being that, obviously. But um, but anyway, sorry. I don't... I don't no, no, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, cool, so... I, I'm, I'm considering broadening its horizons because I think people are really put off by the fact that they can't promote themselves. Oh. So at no point can a person promote themselves? No. No, I don't let them. So far. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I, I want... I want people to be motivated to come on to the show and talk about the thing they saw because they really liked it and not because it's an opportunity to broadcast themselves yeah. and then like have the have the thing that they saw be uh an aside but cool. it is very idealist which is why i'm considering broadening it a little bit <laughs> well do it is so, really idealist do the people have their names on it oh yeah yeah it's not anonymous um wouldn't that be... That would be damn near impossible, right. obviously. Because performers are narcissists. Yeah. All of, all of us are yeah, narcissists. Yeah, absolutely. And so if it was like, not your name, <laughs> you can't talk about yourself. Right. That, yeah. would be a, that would be a tough sell. No, yeah. So if I have a guest come on, it's like, this is so-and-so. They're super cool. They're here to talk about this show produced by this person at this venue. But I won't be like, this is so-and-so, a uh, five-year Chicago burlesque ver veteran and right. producer of X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's working so far, I think. It's only a couple months old. It's an awesome concept. I think that's really cool. I I, yeah. I have fun with it. <laughs> I well, and it, what's cool to me is that 
you know, along with my performers are narcissists, bold stance. It's, um, I agree 100% yeah. as, a, as a self-identified narcissist. <laughs> well, to me, it's like you're taking the, the self ego out of it and it, it, there's like a purity to it. Yeah. Which I feel like a hypocrite coming onto another show and talking about it. Because, like, I'm trying to get it out there organically. No, that's cool. Because the concept of our show is just, like, come on and talk about yourself for an hour. So, like, that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, and us, like, prodding you to please talk about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, the people who come on and won't shut up about themselves were like, oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know that's the purpose of this interview, but it's still, it's just uh, a funny contrast to be talking about another show wherein you're not allowed to pr- promote yourself. <laughs> Do you, as the host of the show, have trouble not promoting yourself? No. No. Because cool. um, I I really am just invested in the conversation that the person brings to the table. Because um, you, usually, again, because the art world's super incestuous, I usually know a lot of the names that they're mentioning and I can jump in and be like, oh, I saw them at that show and they did this. And it was also super cool. So I, I just like talking about uh, the business and and uh, and I'm friends with so many burlesque people on Facebook, even people that I haven't met. So it's fun to like have their names come up in conversation and be like, oh, they just posted this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you find that uh, when you're... Like, what's the general tone that you end up, that, like, either you're looking to achieve or, like, end up having have happen when, um, do you know what I mean by that? Like, Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, with most people, my, my first guest uh, was at, actually, her name's Nadi Natanya, and she is... Uh, an over a decade veteran of the Chicago burlesque scene and uh, just has so much great insight and is also a a huge opera fan. So like um, she just, her, her interview was pretty much ideal um, because she, she like went a little overboard with like making sure she had, she would like walk through someone's act and like tell, tell me what happened in the act and like what it represented to her and stuff. Uh, so that was pretty ideal. And then I think with everyone, it always sort of bubbles down to, um, after the initial conversation about the show, it always sparks some sort of conversation about like the industry as a whole, which is fun. Um, even talking about like pay and like festivals, how much do you invest, uh, into your acts so that you can afford to go to festivals and not lose money, um, uh, and it can get, you know, it can get a little political too, which I'm not going to shy away from. And I'm not talking about like talking about like the federal government, but being right. like, you know, I'm, I'm really angry about male performers not wearing pasties because it's a show of solidarity for female performers who would get kicked out of a venue, you yeah. know, weird stuff like that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I have only seen one, and this is just a me thing, like it's not a hard and fast rule, but I, 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 I get a little frustrated with male performers who aren't wearing pasties because A, I feel like something's missing aesthetically because I view it as part of like the burlesque uniform. Right. Um, but B, it's a female created art, it's a woman created art, and we aren't allowed to not have the pasties, so... I feel like when the men come into sort of our art form, um, which like boylesque is as legitimate as mm-hmm. regular burlesque. Like that's not what I'm saying, but it, no, I, yeah. I feel like they have to acknowledge that they are coming into a space that was not created for them. And that this, this wearing of the pasties when you have the privilege as a man to show your full, chest i feel is an important acknowledgement of like the the law um because you venues can get their liquor licenses taken away if a if a female uh performer loses her pasty wow yeah that's you know something i had not considered (laughs) and and is that like a big conversation among the burlesque community um like free the nipple yeah 
Oh, uh, I mean free the. Sorry, continue. <laughs> or, or do you mean like free the nipple? Or do you mean like men versus women wearing pasties? I mean, I imagine that free the nipple is a big conversation among the burlesque community. I mean, yeah, we all want to post naked selfies and not cover our nipples. <laughs> but uh, don't we all? I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it is though, because uh, it, I mean, it, no one, no one's like, man, I hate wearing pasties because like we put a lot of. Uh, most burlesque performers make their costumes or, or pay someone quite a bit of money to make them for them. And uh, pasties are almost like the cherry on top of most burlesque costumes. Yeah. Like a lot of effort is put into them. Um, and they're often very, very beautiful, standalone, tiny miniature pieces of art. Um, so no one's like, I really hate wearing pasties that I know of. Um, but I have found almost everyone has like one act where they're like, I really want to try this without pasties, depending on like what venue you can be in. Like if you're um, doing a show at 773, the theater and the bar are separate. So their liquor license is different. So you can be fully nude in the theater at 773. But yeah. if you're at Uptown Underground, where in the theater and the bar are in the right. same room, you can't. And then... It varies by state, actually. So if you're in a blue law state, you can't show your ass crack, and you can't show... Uh, you can't show your ass crack? Mm-hmm, you can't wear a thong, and you can't uh, show the breast below the areola, so you actually have to wear, like, a three-quarter cup bra to cover from the areola down. Whoa. Yeah. So I forget what states those are, but some people have to alter their costumes when they're going to those states. It's interesting to me, too, that it's still specifically tied to the liquor license. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, for it's the reason, it's the pink no drink law. Well, I guess it, it can't. <laughs> it would have to, right? Because what else is regulated to the extent of a liquor license? Yeah, like yeah. theaters, like a theater. Well, because yeah, because you're gonna be making the majority of your revenue off of the bar. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where they can hit you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, it's actually legitimately insane to me that I mean the nipple thing. I can at least understand like it's it's like definitely um puritanical and all of that but the ass crack thing yeah for some reason like that that i'm like that's bullshit (laughs) that sucks yeah no i mean because i mean it's only in the past 50 years that like bikinis are even like super accepted mm-hmm. and that's true yeah i mean so it does it's not shocking it just is annoying yeah <laughs> <laughs> but illinois is not one of those states no illinois is not blue law um but can you have like full ass out at a at a burlesque yeah uh, okay. some people wear a, a costume piece called a merkin that's basically a thong without sides that you have to taper glue to your crotchal area oh. um so you basically either have your full butt or your full butt with like a little decoration above it where it's taped to you <laughs> <laughs> do you have to get i'm sorry i'm like delving into very nitty gritty go ahead because i do you have to have someone else tape it to you no i can bend over in the mirror cool. <laughs> <laughs> although i actually my my one act that has a merkin i i recently decided it was more pain in the ass than it was worth because um, sh- uh, <laughs> just because I I don't I'm a person who doesn't particularly uh, enjoy shaving and mm-hmm. so if if I didn't remember to shave before a show wherein I was doing the Merkin act then I would have to figure out a way to adhere it with like the stubble and that's mm. annoying oh, yeah. so I actually just I, I still have to tape it to myself because it's still tiny and you have to be careful but I added straps to it so I also don't have to think about it while I'm on stage because on stage I'd rather think about my character and what I'm performing than worrying about whether my thing is going to fall off mm-hmm. <laughs> huh but some people get, like, medical adhesive and glue the crap out of their merkins and pasties so that they can do all sorts of crazy things and it won't fall off. That's I'm just wow. really low-maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like a low-maintenance burlesque performer. <laughs> I must admit. We often wear less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, one of my first acts I put together, the one with the merkin, it actually only consists of the, the bottoms 
the pasties, a headdress, and a big sheet that I, like, dance with and cover myself with because I was like, that's as easy. It cost me, like, $20 to make, and it's my most booked act. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So when you're shopping around yourself as a performer, Mm -hmm. do you shop around each individual, because you said it was your most booked act, do you shop around each individual persona, like, or characters, or, like, you know, act, or do you just shop yourself and say, like, this is my portfolio? Yeah, it's more like, it's more like the second one. Um, you know, everything, everything is rosy. There are, you know, one or two where it's, like, rosy as blank. Like, I have a Rosie the Riveter act. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I have one... Who's that known? um and i have uh uh one based on ophelia uh from hamlet so so like that's very very character based but more often than not they're just gonna be you know it's rosie rocher what act are you doing oh i'm doing that one with the gold and the black and the tassels and people go oh i know that one Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it'll have a name but if i have to explain it that's how you'd explain it (laughs) so where do you as a performer draw inspiration for a lot of your characters oh everywhere yeah yeah no uh i have a i didn't bring it with me i i just because it's visual um, but you guys probably would have enjoyed it. It's, I, I have a, I have a notebook and I'm, I have a new notebook each year for burlesque and I like, I, I journal in it. I keep track of all my bookings and I brainstorm new acts and I keep track of like what updates other acts need. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to hem this or I need to add sparkles to that. Um, but I just, I have lots of costume sketches that may or may not ever come to fruition but sometimes the inspiration will come from a song like I'll just be listening to like a a radio playlist type thing on google play or spotify and it'll uh a song will come up and I'll be like oh yeah I really want to dance to this or or it'll just pop into my head fully formed and I'm like now I have to make this and then Mm -hmm. I have to find a song for it uh which is how Ophelia happened. I actually thought of it on a Thursday, blew a bunch of money at Michael's, and then by <laughs> Sunday had the act basically complete. Mm. <laughs> cool. Because I was like, I have to make this now. Like, I have an idea for a, a strongman act, like a classic like leopard print oh. macho strongman. Cool. Uh, but as a as a burlesque number with like spinning tassels and um <laughs> i'm gonna spoil it if any other burlesque people are listening to this uh but uh, if this act ever comes to be what i want to do is have like classic strongman things like a dumbbell and then move on to like lifting a thing with my boob and <laughs> having have you ever this is so weird have you ever seen um the video of the woman with the world's strongest vagina and she oh. like uses a keggle ball and she like she has a keggle ball with a string attached to it and then like a five pound weight outside of her vagina and then she like lifts it with the keggle ball so like i can't do that but i'm gonna make it look like i'm doing that with some stage rigging yeah <laughs> i think that'd be a great finale for that strongman act yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool with like a drum roll yeah, yeah. oh de- <laughs> definitely um do you perform with like pre-recorded music or have you ever performed with a live band oh god live band burlesque is so much fun i've only gotten to do it once once yeah once i was gonna say once or twice but it's definitely just once um and that in Chicago, it's not as common to have live band burlesque. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, venues that uh, regularly do it. I believe the Drifter regularly does live band burlesque, um, and House of Blues does one. Um, but yeah, I personally pretty much stick to pre-recorded music there are other cities where live band burlesque is way more common like if you're in new orleans you're probably gonna be performing live band burlesque maybe at least half of the time um but yeah no i i i keep it all 
uh, pre-recorded and, and, and I cut together stuff on, um, audacity and like cut together songs. And, um, there are people who will like make a complete track just for an act. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And is like, is it the kind of thing where you worry about copyright laws or you end up using open rights things? Like, no, uh, I feel like it's the same sort of thing as like, I don't know, dance studios don't really care. They use whatever song they want because it's not, because we're not like reselling it in a video. It's it's more like it's like playing at a bar. Right. And also there's a person dancing to it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I used to be the in-house voice teacher at a dance studio and my life turned, and I, I worked with a choreographer and Um, because I taught a musical theater class too, Mm -hmm. where um, we taught, we did, we like taught a routine of, I taught the kids a song to sing and the dance teacher, you know, had them do a routine. I spent so much time just like going through karaoke tracks. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So many of them are so awful. Horrible. With like the leading tinny electronic fake flute. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, and well, so I I had to do it for, um, oh, what did I do it for? Uh, steam, fuck. Steam Heat? Yes. From the steam pajama heat. game? Yeah, yeah. I had, um, that was for my high school kids. That, and that's really hard because there's a whole acapella section in there that you got to time out right to come out with the... I accompaniment. I think I cut that part. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't blame you. <laughs> they, were, they were not hard workers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. And I, occasionally a, um, a, occasionally a thing will come, like a, one of the karaoke tracks will come up on my phone <laughs> and I'll be like, no, 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 no. Gone. Yeah. yeah. It's like when Christmas stuff comes up out of season and you're like, I don't need this right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in how you got started in burlesque. Yes. Um, uh, well, I came to Chicago in 2012 uh, to start school at Columbia. And um, two years into school, I was already like, yeah, I got to go start working in theater in Chicago professionally while I'm continuing schooling. Got to do that. Um, And I got into this show called The Living Canvas, um, which is uh, on hiatus right now. It used to be a yearly show, but the, uh, uh, the... artistic director slash producer of it uh recently retired and i think he's taken a chill couple of years maybe it'll come back um but it's a it's a fully nude um performance art piece and everyone is different sometimes it's more scripted sometimes it's less scripted ours was it had a script but it was also very much a devised piece um, and the one I did was called the Living Canvas Art X, and I think summer of 2014. Um, and it was about the drug experience, both, uh, both prescribed and illicit. And, um, so I did this fully nude theater piece and we were, uh, the idea is, the reason it's called the Living Canvas is that the, the actors, uh, bodies, um, are lit by a projector um so you have this either still or moving images so you have this effect of um the the people's bodies moving through um these images in the light um which is very it's very cool to see um but two of the women in that show with me were like hey down the street this uh burlesque company we work for uh, is having their callbacks and we we want you to come we, you, didn't, you didn't know about the original ad- audition but the director says you should come to the callback anyway and you know learn some choreography and I was like oh, okay I'm already naked so um, <laughs> and uh, yeah so I didn't get cast that first time but I came back two months later and auditioned again um, 
and got undone. And that was Gorilla Tango. That was the, the nerd-lesque. Um, and from there, I, I, I ran shows at Gorilla Tango for, uh, two and a half years. Um, originated the role of Ned Stark naked in the Game of Thongs burlesque. Good. <laughs> um, but then, uh, onward and upward, and I, uh, a year into Girl of Tango, auditioned for and got into the Kiss Kiss Cabaret at the Uptown Underground, um, as a cigarette girl, uh, or stage kitten, and their job is to pick up after... Uh, all the other soloists on stage pick up the uh, stripper droppings or uh, or the the clothes that they leave mm-hmm. behind. The stripper droppings. <laughs> I'm loving this jargon. Oh, by it's the so way. much fun. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's literally everything. It's so. a rich culture being a performer in burlesque. Yeah, every sense. time I go to say something where I'm like, oh, that's not something normal people know about. <laughs> no, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> no, please, first of all, please use jargon, and then please explain it, just yeah. because it's so interesting. If, I, if yeah. I ever say a word that doesn't make sense in context, you're like, I don't think that means what I think it means in this context. Yeah. Just stop me. Yeah. I'm going to raise my hand. <laughs> I also have a pretty descriptive face, I think. <laughs> I went... I'm going to interrupt your train of thought for a second for a funny story, Uh and then I want you to get right back into it. So, today we were walking around Clark Street, and we walked past a hair salon, and I hate how my hair looks right now, and so, I'm so unhappy. So, um, we saw that this hair salon had, like, vegan hair products, and Uh we're both vegan, and I was like, oh, damn, like, I'm going to, like, so I, I went in there to get pricing information, and the woman I was talking to was so nice. She was so, so nice. And she, like, complimented my glasses and, like, yeah. was super sweet. And she's like, so haircuts start at $56. And I was like, and I I was like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I made the biggest face. I'm like, I know I did and I didn't mean to. You know. That's a very expensive haircut. Yep. And she immediately was like, you know what? You go home. Here's our card. <laughs> Think it over. Yeah. I think I think I I did something like that at uh, a cosmetics store in Wicker Park that mm. is owned by what's her face the Goop lady oh Gwyneth Paltrow yeah so it's it's like her cosmetics shop they actually have like a physical location in Wicker Park and 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 I didn't I, I went in to get water because it was hot and I was waiting for the bus and 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 then I got roped into a conversation by the salesperson i was like i'm not buying anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and when i didn't realize what it was and when she said that it was gwyneth paltrow i was like made made i'm sure that face so yeah. <laughs> do you want this two thousand dollar bottle of four ounces of dirt yeah here's your your 0.8 ounce bottle of uh face mask that maybe doesn't do anything yeah <laughs> we put the we called it a star mask so Oh. Or like well, that, cosmic dust. Or in that like. case. In that case, here's my eighty dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I did basically tell the salesperson that because I don't like wasting people's time being I like I've worked in retail and yeah. I would rather someone be like, Hey, you should go talk to a different customer because you're not gonna be able to sell to me because also I'm broke. You know what's <laughs> crazy for me is when you have a person like that, like when someone call like a telemarketer calls you or something like that, and you do the thing where you're like you know, like I, wor- I worked for a telemarketer as a telemarketer for a few months and you do the thing where you're like, you know, I've worked your job. Like I totally yeah. get what it's like. Um, I appreciate talking to you. Like it's not a big deal at all. I'm not going to like, I'm not. Yeah. Gonna. And then they try and sell you a couple more times and you have to keep going. Cause like, they have that yeah. script. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, uh, I had to sort of get angry at the Comcast, uh, sales representative because she kept trying to sell me cable after I told her I don't own a television. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> I was like, that literally won't do anything for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That, <laughs> that or, poor woman. <laughs> yeah. RCM kept trying to sell us a landline. Oh yeah. I remember that. And, and I, was, I was like, no, I really don't want a landline. <laughs> yeah. What? He was like, well, I mean, your signal, your uh, phone call service right now isn't the best. Are you sure? And like, oh my Oh gosh. He's right though. Our phone signal. No, well, shitty. since we we've got the Wi-Fi calling set up. Anyway. Yeah. Tell us back to 
Back to three tangents ago. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's how my brain works. Where were we? Stripper droppings. Stripper droppings. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, so I started as a cigarette girl at Kiss Kiss. And the cigarette girls have the... The, the regular soloists do two acts a show. Um, so you do you know your, your first act that you've created through your format. Six-minute act that you've created in the first half of the show. Second one in the second act. Um, and the cigarette girls have the opportunity to do one if they have one. Um, and at that point I had maybe two usable solos because Gorilla Tango, um, is a scripted theater format where mm. the costumes are provided for you. It's not a cabaret setting. Um, so I hadn't had much, uh, place to do solos. Um, but in my first year at Kiss Kiss, I made six new solos. My goal was four for the year. I was planning on getting one out every, it, like in my notebook, um, uh, my, my goal was to get out, uh, three uh, or four so one every three months mm-hmm. um and then because of two themed shows that i booked I actually ended up creating two additional ones so i averaged an act every a new act from scratch every two months which was insane and i cannot do that right now with my new job which is upsetting because i was like real stoked about keeping that momentum yeah going. um but so after a year with Kiss Kiss, they were like, hey, we don't want you to be a cigarette girl anymore. You, we want you to be a soloist. So I'm continuing that still with them on a monthly basis, usually one or two shows a month with them because they have like 30 or 40 uh, performers who are regularly rotating uh, on their Friday and Saturday shows. They do Friday and Saturday every week. Um and that's my that's my like burlesque home right now. But mm-hmm. uh, bar shows are really really growing in Chicago. Like they've been a part of the burlesque scene for a long time. But um, yeah, a lot of bars are starting to uh, have more shows produced there. Um, and those you'll submit to the producer. Usually it's video submissions. Um, and we yeah we do that. But yeah, I basically my parents couldn't really say anything about like we don't think you should be on stage naked because i had already been like well i'm doing this really artsy naked theater um and they were like oh well that's okay and then like they couldn't be like it's not okay now that you're wearing actually slightly more on stage than you were before (laughs) (laughs) just in a sexual setting (laughs) right um and they've i'm really really lucky that they've always been uh, very supportive. I actually know a lot of performers whose uh, families don't know what they do. They don't tell mm-hmm. them. Um, and I can't keep a secret, so I'm just lucky <laughs> that I was able to tell them and not be disowned um, because they would have found out anyway. I can't keep a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Is that... So it's like... Do you know any performers who have been like disowned from their family? Or is that like too... Not. Not... I mean... Not disowned, but there's there's some that like their parents found out and aren't super stoked about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's very stigmatized. Um, that sucks. Yeah, but, and well, and there's actually a lot of um, call it swerf politics, sex worker exclusive, uh, radical feminists, uh, which usually means that they're like. I'm a feminist, but strippers are bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you'll get that. Um, or It's sort of the same as, like, I, I train in uh, pole dance sometimes. I'm sort of off that right now, but I'll go back to it probably. Um, but a lot of people are like, I do vertical bar fitness, not pole dance, because yeah. pole dance is dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or, you know, and even I was guilty of it when I, when I first started of being like well it's fitness it's not you know it's not pole dancing so it's not bad so Mm -hmm. i'm not doing a bad thing um but yeah you get that a lot actually um and and my least favorite question that people ask is oh is your husband okay with this um and yeah i everyone i know has been asked that question if if their if their husband or if they know them better their life partner is okay with that and it's like well that's not important frankly like uh, uh, like a if their partner is male it's like well 
his opinion doesn't dictate what I do with my life as a woman and as an artist and as a performer. And B, if he did have a problem with it, I would probably not be with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I was I was already dating my current partner when I started in burlesques, and he just didn't even blink. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it, admittedly, it, it is at Gorilla Tango. It was like theater that is also burlesque. Um, so it was a very nice uh, stepping stone mm-hmm. to the world. Burlesque training wheels. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that is a shitty question and stigma that we get. Well, it's like when women go to buy a car mm-hmm. and they ask, you know, do you need to consult Isn't that ridiculous? your husband? Mm-hmm. I when I I when I bought my car, I brought my um just to avoid that, I brought my super curmudgeonly uncle with me. Yes. <laughs> and um yeah. That is yeah, that's the worst. Mission accomplished, probably, right? Or oh, problem yeah. Problem accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Where, well, actually, so they first tried to talk to him, and he was like, I'm not buying this car. It's her. Yes. And But I brought him with me because I was like, first of all, um, I do fit that stereotype of a woman who doesn't know anything about cars. Sure. Because I don't know anything about cars, and I am a woman. <laughs> Better um, to do that than to be a dude who feels like he has to... F- know everything about cars and then ends up making a poor decision because he was misinformed right and so i was like i don't want them to take advantage of the fact that i don't know anything about cars yeah and so i brought my uncle who's obsessed with cars and who is also one of the most like who's like one of the thriftiest people i know who like is super super cheap yeah um and so, and it, it is also a little bit mean. So I, wanted, so I was like, "Perfect, you're coming with me." <laughs> um, and uh, they tried to upsell me mm. to like this like luxury vehicle, and he was like, "He was like, what's luxury about this car?" <laughs> and they were like, "Well, there's you know, uh, this and this." And he was like, "Maury, do you need that shit?" <laughs> No, <laughs> it's a nice car though, and and he was and he was like Maureen, no. He, he was like, we're fine, thanks. Yeah. Good, <laughs> cool, good. But yeah, I the idea of not being able like one of the most important questions in a woman's life being, is your insert male figure okay with this? Right. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, my my parents have actually both seen me perform. Uh, my dad was less stoked about it just because honestly, burlesque wouldn't be his vibe even if it wasn't his kid in it. Yeah, um, he's just it just doesn't suit him, um, which is fine. But he was very very supportive, and my mom came and saw me when I was in a Star Wars burlesque, uh, and then she also came and saw Kiss Kiss with my sister actually, which was really fun. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, they've all seen it. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I would love to talk more about, um, also because you have an event that you're producing, right? I do, yes. Uh, The Pink Show is coming up at the Uptown Underground. It's not a Kiss Kiss production, but it is at the Uptown Underground. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a a charity show, so 100% of the proceeds from the door are going to a... Uh, charity that is conveniently called the Pink Fund, cool. Um, which provides cost of living assistance to people affected by breast cancer. Um, and it was actually it was really hard to find a charity that I wanted to support. Obviously, because you have the problem with like Susan G. Komen and other uh, ch- quote unquote charities that mm-hmm. are pr- promoting awareness, but they don't actually do anything for yeah. people. Isn't that astounding? It's so bonkers. It makes me so mad. <laughs> So many people give to Susan G. Komen and don't. No, they, I, because they're, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that kind of like a lens of the ice bucket thing, too? Where, like, a lot of the celebrities didn't actually give? I don't know if they didn't actually. The idea was that you were supposed to, I think with the ice bucket for the ALS thing, you were supposed to throw ice over your head or donate $10 or however much you had been 
prescribed to, but I think right. a lot of people actually just did it and also donated it because right. they were like, why not also donate? Um, but if I remember correctly, the, um, the ALS foundation was actually super, super stoked about the ice bucket challenge because oh, it yeah. was actually a disease that people didn't really pay attention to before that. Um, and they actually, I, they, they, I don't remember the number, but they increased like their, their usual, uh, fundraising by several hundred percent. Well, and they also like found something out because of the funding. Yeah, exactly. They, they were like able no, that, to make a discovery. <laughs> yeah, that ended up being a good thing. Um, but so when I was researching where we could donate this money from the Pink Show, um, I obviously wanted it to be an equitable charity. It even better if it could be local, but not as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was looking at like uh, trying to make a donation that like it actually goes to medical costs or something, um, it uh, the more I researched it, the more I realized that like the costs of treating cancer, especially in the U.S., are so exorbitant that mm-hmm. like even a show produced by a few dozen people isn't going to make enough money to even make a dent in that. Like yeah. the, the donations to those things are generally made by like corporations that can donate a couple million dollars. Right. Um, and so the reason I picked the pink fund is because what they do is uh, they provide the cost of living assistance. So if a person is uh, recovering or uh, I think also if they've just been uh, discharged or maybe they are, uh, going towards their end of life, if that's the case, and they're living at home, not in the hospital for that time. Obviously, they've been spending, uh, these these people affected have been spending every penny that they have on treatment. So the Pink Fund is like, uh, we're going to help with your rent. We're going to help with your transportation. Cool. We're going to help with your food, your children's schooling, that sort of thing. So I thought it was a really, um, you know, because it's a, it's a place where our money will actually make a dent Right. Uh, from this show so cool uh, i'm really stoked about it and the whole show is going to be pink every act is going to be pink um that's that's my theme and i'm, I'm riding it pretty hard nice <laughs> were you always a pink person or i love I, no i wasn't actually it's funny that you asked that because i as a kid i wanted to be a good feminist and i thought that meant not liking girly things instead of mm-hmm. what i realized later that like not that being femme doesn't make you a bad feminist. Like, yeah. like not all femme things ascribe to the male gaze if it's your choice to be mm-hmm. femme and it's for you, not for other people. Um, so only as an adult have I actually begun to enjoy pink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I have a pink act, but uh, uh, really your, your glitter dough from the other episode, pink is her, her thing. Yeah. She has like, four or five acts that are pink yeah cool. <laughs> cool is she gonna be part of it she is yeah 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 uh at, cool haven't announced the casting yet but she's she's my shoe in and the other producer vivi vivi valens also has a shoe in for our cast cool. um but yeah it's gonna be pink there's gonna be pink drinks cool. um and yeah it's gonna be fun i'm excited about it uh i'm really trying to make sure we do it right and make sure we talk about it in a language that acknowledges that not only women are affected by breast cancer mm-hmm. and I'm um, I'm also really trying to avoid the problem that always comes up with breast cancer stuff which is like sexualizing the disease right um, you know like the whole save the tatas thing yeah. um, and I feel like even though it is burlesque, I don't maybe it maybe I'm biased being just marinated in it so much but I at least within the community I think we all see it as a lot more than just a sexual thing yeah, absolutely yeah well that was the other question I think I was going to ask which is just like generally the kind of energy you think comes into burlesque Ooh, I just bit my tongue oh don't do that um <laughs> sorry uh so did I finish that question before that happened <laughs> remember uh you're asking about the vibe at a burlesque show well so actually i more meant um like the creative energy that goes into it because i think it i think it would be so my not my first assumption but 
I think a first assumption is that it would be purely sexual energy, mm-hmm. but I don't know that that's necessarily true because I think a lot of it is really funny and a lot of it is nerdy and play and kind of, and I, and, you know, I think that's a lot of once you get out of like, you know, sexuality as a binary, like I think you, the, the entire concept of like, I feel like we've talked to, who did we talk to about BDSM at, at one point, but the whole idea of it all, like so many Clara. of these things, yeah, so many of these things, it ends up, it stops being about this idea of just like pure carnal energy and it really gets more into like fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, every, everyone and their stage persona is different. Um, and there are a lot more, I guess I would call them more, um, traditionally stripper acts. And I think there's room for everything from like the classic stripper pole dance acts with, you know, um, uh, a lot of, I guess what some people would classify as more vulgar movement, um, to, you know, burlesque comes from a really rich, long history of female comedy um, that is storytelling. And and there's room for all of it. Um, I would say in Chicago, uh, there's a lot of... um, character work and storytelling in burlesque right now like like i have when i when i put an act together i have uh, a a type of character in mind and and there's been some very cool intense like storytelling type burlesque lately as well often people um you know the clothes that are coming off aren't incidental there's there's a purpose to them like a really um popular it's not bad that it's popular uh one is like oh i'm too hot i better take this off Mm -hmm. type thing you know so it's a narrative um yeah i think i think we get a lot of like bachelorette and bachelor parties which is really fun um if they don't get too trashed um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh i i think a lot of people are going to a burlesque show with like the idea of like it's like going to a strip club, but not bad, right. you know, which is yeah. like, I I don't have anything against strip clubs. I have a little against like the strip club culture. So I get where those audiences are coming from they're, where they're like, we want to see people take their clothes off at the spatularette party, but we don't want to go to a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think... Honestly, so many of those bachelor and bachelorette parties are burlesque virgins. It's their first time mm-hmm. seeing a burlesque show. And I think it takes them a couple uh, acts to realize that it's more than they thought it was. Um, that there's there's a whole other level of... Uh, of theatricality involved that they, than the, what they were expecting. Absolutely, because like and like you said, not to say anything negative about no, strip clubs. There's a lot of crossover. A lot of yeah. strippers also do burlesque and vice versa. But there's also, I, it seems like a distinct thing that separates burlesque from. Yeah, well, and it's almost more from a business perspective, right? Because uh, when you're when you're a burlesque performer, you're uh, booked for a fee per act, and okay. they. Depending on the show, you may also earn tips. And mm-hmm. when you're a stripper, you're a, most of the time. I haven't done it, so I, I don't have firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe most of the time, uh, you're pretty much straight up only independent contractor, and you have to go in, uh, and you're making one hundred percent of your money off of the tips, and uh, you also have to tip out the DJ and tip out the bartender from uh, what you earned on stage. Yeah. Um, so it's almost different. It, also because most of the money that strippers make uh, is private dances. Mm-hmm. Um, private dances and lap dances in like separate rooms off of the main stage. That's mm-hmm. where they're going to make most of the money because they can charge like, oh, I only do like a lap dance for $100. Whereas right. you're probably not going to make $100 on the pole in the main room. Um, so it's, it's almost like it's more separated on a business perspective 
uh, and in a production perspective because uh, the the acts are going to be very different in a strip club than at a burlesque cabaret. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, uh, that was super helpful. Yeah, that was. Um... So there is a yeah there is a distinction, but it's not a it's not a good and bad distinction. It's, right. It's, Absolutely. It's more like you know I'm a jazz musician and I'm a heavy metal musician. Yeah, it's type apples thing. and oranges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, <laughs> like a show that you're producing. Um, otherwise it can, you know, be people, other people that you want to shout out doing dope work or, um, other things that you're kind of just consuming self care movies, TV shows. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I did talk about the pink show a little bit, but if people are interested in supporting and seeing the show, uh, you can purchase tickets at uptownunderground.net. Uh, it's general admission, and we hope you come and also purchase drinks uh, to thank the venue for uh, having having us there. Um, you can follow me on <laughs> Facebook or add me. Uh, it's Rosie Roche, R-O-C-H-E is the last name. Um let me think for a second. You can edit out dead space, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we usually don't, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I love it. I, we've had a couple times where like, we've done a few shows where we'll be like reading an article on air for some reason and have 10 seconds of dead space. Uh-huh. And like it's terrible business, like practice as like, a person producing a pro- podcast. No, it's just, like... that's just not the style that people do these days. Like, right. if, if you listen to YouTube videos from five yeah. years ago compared to now, there's no... no no dead space it's just one right after the other they cut out all of their inhales like mm-hmm. everything um yeah even the inhales yeah yeah they just skip ahead like half a second because it gets their information in that much faster mm-hmm. there's actually i forget there was a really good who did it there was a really good video about like the difference in youtube production um uh your podcast Oh yeah, go go like <laughs> go like the nudes room on Facebook. It, it, if I'm not enunciating, it's nude like naked. The nudes mm-hmm. room, um, and yeah, we we put out episodes on iTunes and Google Play podcasts, and I'm nice. trying to get it on Stitcher. I forget if I followed up on that. Stitcher's hard. I tried to yeah. get that before. I'm really glad that you, because you were the one that shouted at Google Play yeah. us to do, and so I'm really glad we did that. So we're all Google Play set up, but Stitcher was, I did it the same, because like it's yeah. really, it's pretty simple with iTunes and Google Play. You just like put it through. It's like 24-hour turnaround, yeah. Yeah, but then Stitcher was like, we're, you gotta wait two days, and then I think they were like, something else has to happen at, at the two-day point, and then I never followed up. Yeah, like, you get contacted or something. I don't right. remember. I don't remember. Um, go see Burlesque in Chicago. It's really easy to find, if because almost everything has a Facebook event. If you mm. just Google, like, events in your area, uh, or, sorry, Facebook search uh, events in your area with Burlesque on it, you'll probably get to go, and you'll have a great time. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. One of those is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. Uh, We have all of our articles there. We also have under the radio and the studio tabs all of our uh, digital content we put out. So all of our podcast episodes are under the radio tab and all of our uh, videos of live performances and performances in our studio are under the studio tab. Um, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media, uh, on Facebook, that's Scopy Magazine, on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, iTunes, and Google Play. We're under Scopy Mag, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we need a little bit more help. Um, If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Yeah, go to our about section. And uh, there are two ways that you can give. First of all, you can uh, give on a one-time basis. If you choose to to do that, you'll have our eternal thanks. You'll also receive a handwritten thank you note expressing our gratitude. Um, If you choose to give on a monthly level, you get a cool... Oh, 
You you chose the coffee. I did it. Yeah. I we got, got the bag coffee. Of, we got a bag of coffee. I got cool. the bag of half weight coffee. Yeah. Yes, you, you did. <laughs> and we have it here. Oh, I'm glad that. Oh, cool. All right. So if you um, choose to give it a monthly level, uh, there are some cool incentives. Um, had you beat Rosie Roche to becoming a monthly subscriber, you would have gotten a bag of coffee, but too slow. So now you just get 30 days of free yoga at Yoga mm-hmm. Andersonville, which is still amazingly cool. Oh yeah, it's super awesome. Yeah. Um, also, if you give at $10 a month or more, you get unlimited studio photography from Mr. Daniel Johansson. That's what I did. We're going to schedule a photo shoot. Yeah, we are. It's going to be <laughs> yeah, awesome. We We're super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can be one of the cool folks like Rosie Roche who gets awesome studio photography um, we have a plethora of chairs. Uh, we're gonna we do an abundance of chairs. An abundance. Of, we live. We often refer to it whenever the chairs get unruly. We call it chair world. Mm-hmm. So like lots of come on down to chair world. <laughs> so um, lots of, and we're gonna experiment with like basically we're gonna set up a screen, but we're gonna experiment with like different fabrics to right. create different vibes. Yeah. So that's gonna be cool. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, so give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep. <laughs>